From the Over the Top Studios in Boulder, Colorado, I'm George Thomas. What a great guest we have today. Very successful woman business person and cyclist. Anna Rice is joining us. Anna, um, you're leaving the friendly skies for a little bit to uh, stay home and do some bike riding over the weekend? Yes. Uh, I ended up having a little bit of time off this month, more time than usual. I had vacation time, so... Uh, I have the weekend off with my family, and as long as the weather holds up, I'll probably head outside for a little bit. Now, Anna is a pilot for United Airlines. Anna, you're in a very male-dominated profession, it, it, it seems like. Uh, is that true? Um, it is true. I think uh, at United, about 7% of our pilot group is women, which is about the highest in the industry. Uh, but even so, I end up working with mostly men. Um, honestly, it doesn't bother me. It's, as long as I'm working with good people, I don't, you know, have any gender preference of who I fly with or who I work with. So, And I just started off with that question because what was it about flying that really interested you? And, and how early in your life did you start having thoughts that, you know, I would really like to fly? Um, so my mom was a flight attendant when I was growing up, uh, for another major airline. And I used to go on trips with her. She used to fly to Europe a lot and she would take my sister and I to, uh, you know, London or Frankfurt and we'd go on trips with her growing up. So I always loved flying and I loved the travel aspect of it. And, um, even back in elementary school, I think I talked about wanting to be a pilot. Uh, when I was in middle school was when I really remember having the, um, ambition and kind of the, the uh, vision to become a pilot. My sister and I were working, a, we were flying to Germany to go stay with my dad for about three weeks that summer. And um, we worked in the back of the airplane with her serving passengers with my mom. And my sister and I had so much fun doing it. I think I was 12 or 13. And uh, when we get to Germany, we see my dad and we're like, dad, we both want to be flight attendants when we grow up. And he kind of was the first person who said, well, why don't you be a pilot? And I thought about it, and it was like, okay, well, that's kind of a neat job. And, of course, I was always that person that, who I looked up to pilots. I'd always go in the cockpit growing up uh, when we would travel. And um, it was always, I think, throughout the rest of middle school and high school, that was always my vision is, wow, I think I could be a pilot. And it's the math. Uh, I was very math-oriented, mission-oriented. Um, so it ended up being a good fit, and I think I never lost the vision of becoming a pilot. And then how did you get into that career path after school? So I, uh, I, I pursued a little bit of interest in military, like the uh, Naval Academy or the Air Force Academy. Um, that ended up not being a good fit, I think, for me. So I ended up doing the civilian route. So I went to, um, I ended up going to Metro State here in Denver and doing, they have a four-year aviation program. So I got my four-year degree in aviation technology and then while I was doing that, I was concurrently flying and getting my flight rating, so my pilot pilot's license, my instrument rating, commercial rating. And then um, once you get your commercial rating, which is about 250 hours of flight time, you can get paid to fly. So I became a flight instructor when I was in college still. And my last basically year of college, I was teaching other students to fly. Uh, so building my flight time, doing that. And then when I graduated... I was actually in my senior semester of college during September 11th. 
and about half the people I was going to school with ended up quitting aviation because they thought we'd never get the jobs that we desired because the industry, you know, changed literally (laughs) in a day. Um, But I stuck with it. And about six months after I graduated, I got my first job flying for uh, Great Lakes Airlines, flying Beach 1900s um, here out of Denver to, you know, Nebraska, Kansas, Wyoming, um, to all the small towns. And then after that, you kind of build your, you know, I worked my way through other regional carriers before getting on at United in 2008. Now, I don't want to get too far off track here, but I've got to go back to 9-11. I mean, that's something that never even crossed my mind as we were sitting down for this interview. But I can't imagine what that would have been like to have been a student when that happened. You, you really lost about half the class. I would say, so when I was at Metro, I had my kind of group of friends and some people who maybe weren't as, as um, far along with their experience because of the degree was, the degree work was basically, uh, was somewhat separate from the flight experience. So if people didn't have their flight time up to that point, some of my friends, I won't say about half the class because I didn't know everybody, but my group of people who I was in classes with and kind of progressed through college with about half of them quit. And even now I'm still in touch with them or I hear where they are, but they've left aviation. And I know for all of us, when we started, the goal was to fly for a major airline for a lot of us. And I would say, when I say a lot of us, there was about 10. So there were probably about 10 gentlemen that I uh, progressed through college with and I would go flying with. And like I said, about half of them ended up quitting aviation altogether. Um, And probably two or three of us ended up being at major airlines as of today. So the percentage of draw of people who quit back after September 11th was pretty high. Okay. Now you just said people that you went flying with, is that, is that how you enjoy your time off from flight schools to go flying? Um, so to build flight time, to get your specific ratings, you had to have certain amounts of say um, night flying time or certain amounts of cross country flight time. So to build that experience, you would go, uh, like I would take a friend, a couple friends that I would fly with regularly. We'd go rent an airplane together, and then one of us would uh, fly what you call on the instruments under the hood. You'd put basically um, foggles, which are glasses where you can't see outside, and one of you would fly on the instruments, and then the other one was considered a safety pilot. So to build flight time, you can both log that time, and one of you's uh, one of you's operating the airplane, flying instruments, but then you're required to have a safety pilot. So when I say we would split time, it was to build the experience to get our next rating. Wow, so you're really helping each other out that way, and you're both getting credit for it. Yes, and that, that's, as far as I know, I don't instruct anymore, but, um, but that, I think, is still kind of the, the norm is to go share time with other, other, one other pilot and then build your time that way in the experience. Now, this sounds like your schedule is extremely packed. How did you get out and get any type of exercise during this time? Um, I will say that during my kind of career building years, when I was in college, that was probably the time where I didn't do a lot. I do like I would go to classes, say I'd book all my classes Mondays, Wednesdays, and Fridays all day. <clears throat> and then um, if I had a gap or something, there was a pool down on the campus. And back then I would mostly swim laps because I grew up as a competitive swimmer. So I would go down and swim laps just because it was convenient to be there. And um, 
I, I did an internship one summer and I would run a few mornings a week before then it was, it was uh, squeeze it in where you could, I guess, is, is what I tried to do. Cause it was so important for me to exercise and um, for mental health reasons, even. <laughs> <laughs> now, how about now as your career has really taken off, no pun intended, um, flying, you've got a family, you've really got a full schedule, but you spend a lot of time out on your bike. I do. Um, so I stayed home. I was furloughed from United in 2008 after being there for about six months. And so I stayed home for about eight years. And um, I think some of the community that I built was actually with a lot of other friends who cycled or ran and maybe did triathlon. So I think uh, I tried to give as much as I could to my kids who were all very young at the time. And, um, and then uh, my outlet away from them was usually going out and riding my bike or going for a run or um, doing a race. And not only did I have community with friends by doing that, I also got the exercise in, which was uh, important. It was a huge outlet for me while I stayed home, a um, breath of fresh air outside. My kids couldn't chase me. <laughs> they couldn't keep up with me. <laughs> so um, it was a it was a ne- it was a necessity back then, I guess, or kind of like I said, my outlet. I think now I've been um, back flying for about two years, and I thought I thought something would fall out of the balance. I guess I thought I would kind of I was going back to work, so I'd have to give up some of my endurance training. But um, I quickly realized it just become it has become a part of my life full-time and it's it's if I'm on a trip I can run if I'm home and my kids are in school I can go for a long bike ride so it's again fitting it in where where I can but I just know now that I'm balancing the work and the family and the training it's always going to be something that I I need and that I want to do and I want to get into that a little bit more. I just have a question, though. When you were furloughed, do you still have to keep up on your your flight education and, and hours? No. So uh, once that's kind of the neat thing about when you get a pilot certificate is what they're called. Um, they don't ever expire. Uh, what you do have to do is get currency before you're allowed to fly an airplane. So uh, when I was furloughed, I had all my qualifications, obviously, um, but I knew that when I returned from furlough at United, they would have to train me up to currency, um, as far as you need, uh, say three takeoffs and landings every 90 days, you need, uh, you do what you call a check ride. So I knew I'd have to go through all of that and they'd have to requalify me. I did have the opportunity to fly the simulators to make sure I could still fly <laughs> while I was furloughed. So I did that maybe three times over the course of eight years. And once I realized I could still fly, and that the flying, it was kind of like riding a bike, truly. Um, I relaxed a lot more because I think I was nervous about getting out, it back into the cockpit after being out for eight years. And I was worried I would have lost some of my skills. But um, like I said, knowing I flew the simulators while I was on furlough and that I could still fly gave me confidence and helped me to just focus on staying at home and giving everything I could to my family and enjoying training instead of having, feeling like I needed to return um, to United sooner. Now, how are you able to work out a training schedule with your profession? Um, I will say that's probably where I have to, I have to bring a lot of flexibility in. Um, if I'm on the road on trips, and I probably on average fly about 15 days a month, um, 
I, I usually try and do runs when I'm on the road because obviously cycling or doing a, um, you know, a, a bike, a stationary bike in a workout room is not the same as road riding. So I try and get a lot of running in when I'm on the road. And then when I'm home, I do, uh, let's say lap swimming, or that's when I do a lot of my road rides. So I stay flexible. I think I usually plan out about five to seven days and I say, okay, I'm, I've got to go to work on uh, Thursday, today's Tuesday. Uh, I'm going to run today and then I'll do a long ride tomorrow before I have to fly on Thursday. So I kind of just, I, you have to stay dynamic and flexible. That's kind of, so I try not to uh, get too hard on myself for not having a super disciplined training schedule as far as writing everything down on a calendar. Like I said, I stay dynamic and flexible and that's been the key to keeping it as such a big part of my life. And are you able to still get in any races or events of any type? Um, I'm actually a very uh, mission-oriented person, so I feel like I always have something on the calendar coming up, whether it's a, um, a triathlon or a road ride or uh, a running race. I try and always keep something on there to keep me focused towards the goal. So, um, like right now, I have three things planned out over the course of the next, a year basically. And, um, I think that keeps me focused on what I need to do between now and then. So I definitely, the events keep me going as far as having a goal in mind. And does your planning that you have to have as a pilot and the checklist and going through everything, you've got to bring some of that to yourself as a competitor. Absolutely. Um, I, like I said, I'm a very, I think when I think about flying, it's a very uh, mission-oriented. We're going from A to B. It's very structured. We start with a flight plan. These are all of our things that we're, you know, predicting. And if things go amiss here or there, it's like you adjust, you adapt. And I feel like I definitely, all of those, uh, having to stay flexible, all of those things definitely translate to endurance training. Uh, Say I planned a ride today and it's snowing. Right. Well, let's move the ride to tomorrow and today I'll go for a run. So uh, staying flexible with all of those things definitely are the almost identical mindset with work and training. Well, Anna, it has been a real pleasure visiting with you. Thank you for taking the time to chat with us. It was also a real pleasure um, flying on your plane. I've never felt so safe or had such a good landing. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks. Any thought you you could leave us with today that uh, you might make us a little better athletes and with our planning? Um, I think um, I think staying flexible and and um, I like I said always having a goal in mind of what you're training for and knowing what to plan for. To me, that's helped me continue to keep this as part of my life is having that goal and that, uh, the end in mind, right. Begin with the end in mind. So, um, and then staying flexible about it and being able to adapt and adjust to challenges that arise. I think as I, I'll say is I think as athletes, we're all very type a people. We have a tendency as endurance athletes to be that way. So I think taking some of the pressure off yourself to have a, you know, set everything up perfectly and then um, execute it perfectly. Taking some of the pressure off of myself to do that perfectly as a type A person has allowed me to uh, 
enjoy, continue to enjoy training so much. Anna Rice, United Airlines pilot, thanks so much for taking the time to chat today. Thank you. From the Over the Top Studios in Boulder, Colorado, I'm George Thomas. ACAST powers some of the world's best podcasts. Here's a show we recommend. I'm Ned Fulmer. And I'm Ariel. We're from the Try Guys, and we have a new podcast called Baby Steps. It's an irreverent parenting podcast because parenting is not perfect. We just had a newborn, baby Finn. I got pooped on. Ariel has pink eye. <laughs> I don't. We talk to some experts. We even bring you 4 a.m. thoughts from our garden. Oh my gosh, it's literally 4 a.m. Just to go back here, I thought I got poop in my eye. Yeah. And that causes pink eye. Parenting is a mess. We're a mess. You're a mess. Join us every Sunday. Listen to Baby Steps on ACAST or wherever you get your podcasts. ACAST, 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 ACAST recommends. recommends.